You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Out of structure. Let's do it. We have time to run walls. If it's first and ten, walls. Any down and distance, I don't care. The game is over, and the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit. And Chiefs' kingdom, get ready to welcome your champions. Welcome, Chiefs' kingdom, to another edition of the Out of Structure Podcast. I'm Matt Stagner here with Ron Cobb Jr., and we are like Patrick Mahomes this week, both out of structure and off schedule. As a lot of the podcasts are taking this week off, we couldn't resist talking about such a fun Chiefs win, could we, Ryan? No, we could not. It is Monday morning, so you know we're a little earlier than we usually do. Don't have the uh, the, the takes marinated like like Pete and John would say uh, as much as much this time. But uh, man, I, we we had to man. What a fun Sunday of of Chiefs football to watch that forty four twenty three beat down of the Niners stags. That was just I, I, that was one of the most fun fun Sundays uh, of the year. I mean, the Bucks game was fun, but you know, something about beating the Niners where, where the defense was, was really feeling good. The Niners was and they were getting healthier and you know, going into the bye week. You know, it, you know, it, it's good to feel confident going into the bye week, Stags. The players do and now the fans can, too. So I'm feeling good, Stags. How would you like the game? Yeah, you know, it didn't start off that way. I, you had that <laughs> uh, sick feeling when they started off down 10 to nothing with some of the same problems uh, coming back from from the last couple of weeks with. Sky Moore with the fumbled punt. Um, and then you've got Mahomes with an interception targeting Sky Moore. Um, not to point out one guy here, but that was a that was a very slow start. And the 49ers at the time were able to run the ball at will. And you thought, okay, this thing could could go the other direction in a hurry. Uh, but then what happens? You, you get Mahomes the ball back. He starts to hit Kelsey just to, to get things going. And then from there on out, just the execution by the Chiefs, especially on the offensive side of the ball, was exactly what you want to see from this team. And that was the thought that I couldn't get out of my head from yesterday was starting with the early parts of this offseason, when they traded away McCall, when they traded away Tyreek Hill, I'm already getting ahead of myself. You wish. <laughs> <They> tra- <laughs> I threw that idea out there last week and 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 maybe I reverse jinxed McCall Hardman this week, but when they traded away Tyreek Hill and we said, and they made all the other moves this offseason, the best case scenario for what you put down on paper, what can this Chiefs team be this season? You saw that almost word for word, like it was a script in this particular game. Everything that happened in this game, other than that first series, was exactly how we would have drawn it up months ago. Mahomes spreading the ball around, hitting 10 different wide receivers. Uh, You had three receivers, Ron, three receivers basically hitting 100 yards uh, in in receiving. So if you count Kelsey at 98 yards with a touchdown that was called back, they still had MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey all around the 100-yard mark. Uh, By the way, per Adam Teicher, um, the – that was the first time in 22 years that the Chiefs had two wide receivers over 100 yards receiving. <laughs> that is crazy. And 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 you and you mentioned those three receivers, and that's not even including the fact that McCole Hardman had three touchdowns on Sunday. I mean, that's the, all the receivers just being used exactly like you mentioned to their their strengths, what what they're best at. I mean, I'll, I'll start with Hardman because I mentioned him. All three of those touchdowns come on jet sweep action. One of them is a pop pass, uh, which is you know co- goes down as a reception instead of a rush like the other two were. But those are three touchdowns off the same action, and and that's exactly what we saw McColl exceed at last year late in the season. Were those horizontal um, you know jet sweep actions where he's just so fast to the sideline that you know any hesitation from linebackers to chase him down just opens up so much you know open space. 
But, you know, what also does is the blockers out in front, right? So I want to give them a, a quick shout out, you know, obviously the tight ends, the other receivers and, and Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley making great blocks out in front on, on those. But so Hardman just maximizes those plays. But then you get to the other receivers, too. I mean, MVS has two plays of over 40, like 45 plus yards, I want to say. One of them goes 57 yards that really broke open the game in the fourth quarter. Juju, obviously, you know, beating man coverage. I mean, we, we've seen him win on those slant routes these last couple of weeks um, a couple of times. But how about the back shoulder throws? I mean, th- that, that's something that I didn't really expect from Juju, but it's, it's him beating man coverage. And, and I feel like that is something that we that that is what he's good at right now is being a strong catch, you know, catch point at the ball, but also just, you know, winning on slants, you know, being Mahomes' reliable receiver. So. These receivers are being just used like like they should, Stags and, and Juju especially. I mean, back to back 100 yard weeks. It's 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 getting excited ex- exciting for Juju. It looks like you've got a number one right wide receiver and you've got a deep threat who's uh you know the stat line. If you look at the box score, it's exactly what you would want to see. Smith Schuster led the team in targets with eight, uh, along with Kelsey. Um, he moved the ball on on third downs and had a nice touchdown run. MVS three catches for 111 yards. So yeah. there's your big play threat. Averaging 37 yards a catch is pretty solid for him for MVS. Uh, Kelsey doing Kelsey things, and like you said, McColl being the gadget guy that we thought he should be all along. And and sure, he hasn't been healthy this year. He's struggled with some stuff. They haven't really been able to get him involved. But it was really nice to see him do something that no other wide receiver in the Super Bowl era has done two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown all in the same game. Uh, yeah, you know, really a, a historic hat trick for him in a way he was out deboing Debo Samuel on, on the field <laughs> in San Francisco. Yeah, no, you're right. He was no. And, and it, and it was made possible, uh, you know, by the offensive line. I, I, I really do, you know, want to give them credit. I mean, you know, Mahomes was able to find these receivers, was able to to allow the receivers to beat man coverage and get plays down the field because of how well the pass protection played. I mean, the offensive tackles really stepped their game up. I really was impressed by Brown and Wiley for a lot of the game. Even at times, you know, I, I do think the Chiefs really gave them a lot of help with with chip help from Jarek McKinnon. I think he did a really good job, um, you know, when he was releasing out to the flat, um, giving them help at times. But there were times where Brown and Wiley were on islands with some pretty good rushers and and they just held their own and, and gave Mahomes the ability to step up, uh, you know, on that on that one right before half to MVS. Mahomes was able to step up a couple times and throw it really comfortably. And, and it was when Brown and Wiley were on island. So want to shout out the big boys up front, too, because I think especially in pass protection, they had a really good game. Absolutely. And this is, again, how you drew it up this season. We thought the offensive right. line would be one of the best in the league. And and today they they really were on this day. They really were. I mean. The running game wasn't hugely impactful, but two running backs still averaged over five yards to carry. Actually, all three of them did. If you can't, you know, McKinnon only had two touches that way. But you're, you're getting you know some production out of your running backs. The screen game worked. That that screen pass to McKinnon was was one of the bigger plays of the game. Oh yeah, that really uh, really moved the sticks in a, in a situation where they were uh, they were behind the eight ball. So yeah, the offensive line put in work the backup tight ends were putting in work locking downfield and I know our guy Noah Gray got called out on the uh, on the broadcast for doing some of those little things that made some of those plays work I mean this is again you're getting contributions from the top of the roster to the bottom of the roster exactly how they would have drawn them up and it wasn't just the offense either Ron on defense uh, they forced turnovers you know two interceptions and a fumble recovery Uh, you had sacks from Chris Jones from Frank Clark. You had impactful pay, plays from Carlos Dunlop and George Karloftis. So you've got maybe they don't have the best four-man pass rush in the league, but they had four main four their four main pass rushers all got home and all made impacts uh, this week, which I think is something we haven't seen a lot this season. But coming into the year, that's what you hope for. Yeah, I, I think to start the game, just kind of like the offense, maybe uh, the defense, especially the pass rush, I don't think was doing much. I, I wasn't impressed maybe with the beginning. I, I think there was a lot of times Jimmy G had a lot of time to throw and and they were getting gashed both in the run and the pass game um, kind of to start the defense. But I think, again, to your, to your theme of the show so far, kind of how they drew it up, I think there is something to the pass rush with, with kind of the depth they have. You know, I, I do think it was the main guys this week that got it done, but 
I think their their even rotation did allow the guys to be fresh later in the game. And you got and you saw guys like Frank Clark explode off the line, beating Trent Williams, a, you know, one of the best left tackles in the league, albeit he was injured and limited this week in practice. And so was right tackle Mike McGlinchey. I do think the Chiefs took advantage of that and, and as they should, which I'm glad they did, obviously. But yeah, I, I, it was it was a great to see Frank do that. It was really cool to see, you know, again, more and more these last few games we've seen Spag say, hey, I'm just going to find Chris Jones a mismatch, which happened to be right tackle these last three games. And I'm going to let him go to work, and it's and it's worked. Obviously, he's been dominant on those certain reps where he gives uh, he goes against the right tackle, kind of. Yeah, on but by no means we're saying let's move Chris Jones to full time. Oh hell no, <laughs> hell no. Let's we're not doing that yeah. again. <laughs> but it's no coincidence that he has made some massive plays from that spot. And you're right. I think it really is. Uh, it's a matchup, and it is. Let's just cut him loose and, and see what happens. You know, Spags certainly has been has been blitzing plenty. He did. There was a. I haven't seen the percentages yet, but I think he got after it with the blitz this week, um, and it, and it worked against you know certain quarterbacks that you know you can get to on a blitz, and I think Garoppolo was one of those. But you had success from Sneed, from Gay, you know, getting in there uh, and getting hits on the quarterback. Uh, they they shared a sack this week, uh, so you had some some plays from the blitz. You had some plays from the uh, from the base rush, and and they're able to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, and, and I, I do want to point out just that, you know, with the Chiefs' red zone defense this year, it hasn't been great statistically, and I do think, you know, a lot of that has to do with it's really hard down there for for cornerbacks, especially these young cornerbacks the Chiefs have had to play with recently, you know, to keep up with with these route concepts, you know, because it's a lot of man coverage down there. I think that's where Spags' blitzing, especially in this game and in the Buffalo game, really came in, came in handy. I mean, you think about the Sky Moore muff punt setting up the Niners to score late in the first half. On that third and three, Spagnuolo sends, I think it was seven, maybe even, actually it was seven uh, blitzing. So that's, you know, more than you usually send. You know, actually leaving the running back without a, ma- a guy covering him in man, kind of risking a little bit. And what happens? Carl Loftus gets a quarterback hit. Jimmy Dreed throws up a, you know, a, a prayer for the most part. And Joshua Williams high points, it gets an interception. Great play by him. So that's where Spags' blitzing really comes in handy, uh, you know, just, just, and you saw it against the Bills last week too. Josh Allen, you know, we, they got that fourth down stop because of a few blitzes. That's where that's those difference makers in the game. And when the offense plays like this compared to what they played like last week, you take advantage of those opportunities and, and kind of separate, you know, kind of take control of the game, um, you know, given kind of winning that extra possession. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, in a way they were able to make the, the Niners one-dimensional after they had huge success early running the ball. Yeah. From the rest of the game, Jeff Wilson got some some running uh, stats, but it didn't make any difference. They were they knew they had to try to get some chunk plays, and the Chiefs' uh, pressure was able to make that very difficult uh, for for Garoppolo to execute. And again, that's that's the way you draw it up with this team. They get out to a lead, they let their pass rushers loose, and then you hope for the best. And and you know when when the offense is clicking like it is, you have that luxury, and you don't have to worry about. Uh, even towards the end of the game, I you know I was like, if the Niners score a touchdown here, great, whatever. Like it doesn't it doesn't make right. any difference. Just you're just going to give the ball back to the Chiefs with another opportunity to score and run clock and, and giving up a even if they gave up a touchdown on one of those blitz plays, it, it wouldn't have made any difference in the outcome of this game. Right. No, it, it was just a great game overall, and 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 just a great way to head into the bye week, beating a team like that, giving everyone confidence. So. I mean, I don't know, Stags, you want to get into this punctuation game? I think it's, it, it's, 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 you know, I think this is a, one of my fun, my favorite recurring segments going on for us now. <laughs> hey. Yeah, we wanted to talk this week, you know, we, in the past we've done punctuation on this week, you know, what players have uh, exclamation points or question marks based on their performance. But we thought it was uh, a good time to think about it, the team as a whole going into the bye, position by position. Let's cover all of them, starting with the offense, and let's see – Position by position, are they playing, uh, you know, as well as expected, or are there still some question marks? Uh, what are you excited about with this team heading into the bye week? Let's start with quarterback. Uh, Ron, do you have a hot take on the quarterback position so far this year? <laughs> I'm going to say it's an exclamation point if that's a hot take. Uh, no, these, these stats we have here, man. I mean, Mahomes this year just as good as he's ever been. I think he, you know, he's firmly in the MVP race. I get Josh Allen is, is probably the favorite over him, but just reel him off real quick. Mahomes, it's his highest completion percentage of his career so far. 
He leads the league in passing touchdowns with, uh, you know, by three. Although, Al, you know, Allen is on his bye week this week, so that's that's why. Um, highest touchdown percentage, though, so that, that takes into account rate. 0.1 yards per attempt behind Josh Allen uh, for the lead in the NFL. So just, you know, second and, you know, just by that much. Leader in passer rating QBR. I mean, I don't know, Stag. Mahomes has just been so good this year, and this game has it was obviously almost the peak of it. Could have been his best game of the year. I think it's there's an argument to be made. And 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 real quick, I guess one thing I noticed, uh, you know, um, if I'm looking at the box score too, and watching the game, you didn't see him scramble at all. You didn't really see him, you know, go outside the pocket, go out of structure, uh, you know, like like you could maybe, uh, you know, uh, say uh, pun pun intended there on the podcast, but he really didn't, uh, you know, do much from out of the pocket. He really, uh, in his pass protection, like we mentioned, really allowed him to do so. But this game was really just him being surgical, you know, his, his best performance from in the pocket really just, just was just picking apart the Niners defense. And that was the most important or, uh, you know, impressive part to me. So Mahomes has just been on fire this year, man. Yeah. I, I love this stat from NFL research that says the highest quarterback winning percentage, including the playoffs since 2019, uh, number one is Patrick Mahomes at 790, and, and number two is Aaron Rodgers, 733 winning percentage. Number three would be Patrick Mahomes in games where he trailed by 10-plus points, which is he's still at over 700 um, winning percentage, even when trailing by 10 points at some point in that game. I don't think any other quarterback, if I remember right, is even over 50% uh, on that stat. I think uh, even close to 50%, I think. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, yeah. We'll give an exclamation point to the quarterbacks, even though Chad Henney, you know, wasn't at his best this Sunday uh, in the brief time that he was <laughs> in. No, that's that's a that's a clear clear exclamation point. What about the running backs? So this week you saw the the news that came out that Isaiah Pacheco would be the starter and Clyde Edwards-Alaire would you know would be more of a backup. Uh, Pacheco had eight carries. Edwards-Alaire had six carries. So. It, I don't know that you can really say that anything was that dramatically different. If those are the two headed monsters, if that is the committee uh, with McKinnon having some specialized roles in pass protection and the occasional 30 yard screenplay that just saves the day. uh, How do you feel about the running back room this week? It's definitely a question mark, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's mucky, you know, you can't really tell, you know, exactly what they want to do. I mean, I do think it's noteworthy that, you know, Pacheco gets the first carry of the game, you know, technically the starter, his first career start, you know, that is a change up from what they've done. Um, but I didn't see any sort of change in, in scheme or like, uh, you know, style right away. You know, the first run of the game was a typical outside zone shotgun play that I hate. So, um, I, and then obviously the second drive Clyde's in the game. So I don't, it is definitely a question mark. You know, I think when the offensive line plays like this, it doesn't really matter who's getting the ball. We saw that with Clyde's 16 yard touchdown run. Just beautiful blocking. Wiley kicks out Bosa, um, or not really kicks him out, but just washes him out of the play. And then Trey Smith just moves the line of scrimmage, just creates penetration up the field, which actually allows – it was an outside zone play um, from shotgun, but it allows Clyde, instead of to run too horizontal, the penetration allowed him to get up field quicker and, and allow him to, to gain steam and, and get those 16 yards for a touchdown. So, again, it, it's a question mark because of the players themselves. But, again, when the offensive line plays like this, I don't really – care who's who's out in the rock too much yeah i still feel good about the position uh, you're right maybe it's a maybe this would be a period like they are kind of how we, how we <laughs> yeah yeah i like that no exclamation point there's no you know i don't have a ton of questions about this position i think they've they've got three guys they can use uh they've got ronald jones who they don't use it, it's just you know <laughs> yeah pretty much how how we thought it would be for the most part uh, what about wide receivers you know there's been there's been some real up, ups and downs this year. Obviously, this week was a high with, you know, the two guys over 100 yards, Hardman scoring three touchdowns. I mean, that's about as good of a game from the wide receiver group as you can get, other than the, the contribution from Sky Moore, which haven't happened yet. Um, I think the rest of this room feels like they're, they're falling into place pretty nicely. But are you excited about the wide receiver room going forward, or are there still questions that are unanswered? Exclamation point here for sure. Um, it, uh, you know, I say mucky with the running back room. This is as clear to me as we've ever uh, could see of the receiver room, how, how the roles are playing out. We talked about it already. You know, I, I think, you know, Sky Moore has, has, has slowly eaten, you know, even though he only got this one target this week, he has slowly and slowly, uh, you know, eaten more into McColl's snaps. So I think when that happens, that happens. I don't, but 
when the rest of the group plays like this, who cares, right? I mean, is, does it really matter if, if Sky is ready to go right now or, you know, in two, three weeks? I mean, and he's a rookie too. I mean, if, if it never happens in the rest of this, uh, you know, in this year, I should say, and, and the rest of this room plays like this, you know, I don't think it matters too much. You know, if Juju can keep, continue to beat man coverage, you know, if, if MBS can continue to take advantage of, of when safeties do kind of jump underneath routes and, and Mahomes can hook up with them, if McColl can continue to utilize his packages, I mean, it's exclamation point. Might be double exclamation point here, Stags. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about how this wide receiver room is looking. Yeah, I mean, I still think there's a little bit of I'll, – I'll give him a question mark just oh. for consistency because if okay. you look yeah, at the last fair. game, MBS had zero catches on three targets. So – Juju is starting to establish him, himself as that consistent number one. But with Sky Moore not contributing really at all yet, with MVS being really up and down, I still think there's there's going to be some weeks where they're they're not impressive. Uh, Justin Watson, you know, isn't super involved. He had a nice touchdown this week. But other than that, he's been pretty quiet on most weeks. So as long as the trend continues like it has – against the 49ers, then, then yeah, they're trending towards an exclamation point. But I still think there's some questions until you see it um, for a few more weeks in a row. That's fair. Real quick, I'll just say that I, I think the MVS deep role part of it is I, – I do think you're right. There's going to be games where you don't see him maybe much at all. Um, but I, I just feel like be, seeing it in the Tampa game, seeing it also – you know, they missed it in the Colts game just barely. That could have been a big play in this game as well. I do think you're seeing that at least they have that. At least that's what they're, they're, they're getting to those at, at some points. And, and I just think, you know, seeing them maximize it in these couple opportunities in the first seven weeks of the year, it's only going to get better. So that's why I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, uh, fat white Goodman on Twitter, throughout some, <laughs> some uh, stats on where the chiefs offensive players are pacing towards Juju is on pace for about 1,200 yards and 82 catches, five touchdowns. Before the season started, would you be pretty, pretty excited about that pace? I think that's exactly where you would you would yes. hope he would be. MVS on pace for about 900 yards, uh, not any touchdowns yet, so there's really no pace there. But 900 yards for MVS, 1,200 for Juju. I think you'd be that that'd be pretty much what you'd hope for uh, this season, or expect maybe if, if within those roles. Yeah, well, how do you feel about the tight ends? I mean, is it just an obvious exclamation point, or, or are you switching it up at all here? No, I mean, when Kelsey's your number one tight end, it's an exclamation point, period. <laughs> uh, he's he's a uh, he's just a wonder at this point in his career. The fact that he has not slowed down, he's figured out how to use you know his strengths and his abilities in different ways this season. But the consistency is remarkable. The, the production is so consistent. You know, it's a shame that that touchdown this week got called back because the way he snatched that out of the air, right. took a hit, reached over the goal line without even budging a, a, an inch. I mean, that's uh, that's good stuff from Kelsey. I'm also excited about um, the rest of the, the the tight end room. Actually, I'm a little bit curious to see what happens if and when Blake Bell is healthy because Noah Gray has really started to settle into some of that Blake Bell role. He took his quarterback mm-hmm. sneak not too long ago. He had the <laughs> He had some blocking this week that was indicative of that tight end number two role. And even his catch this week, I thought was a really nice passing play on the outside. Yeah. And then I still think there's a, there's upside with this room because uh, our guy, Jody Fortson has not yet been utilized to the full extent that you could. This week was one of the first times we saw him catch a pass that wasn't a touchdown all season. (laughs) I mean, you know, he's got uh, so much uh, receiving ability. And again, he did work as a blocker this week too. So I think there's still upside there. And you have the best guy in the league. That's an exclamation point in my book all day long. hundred percent. And and yeah, I, I was going to note too that I did like to see Jody get some work uh, outside the red zone. I do think that's just kind of good to see him kind of uh, working into more than just the Rose red zone packages, but offensive line stags. I'm, I'm definitely going question mark here, um, you know, even off the, the high mo- note, even off the, the great game. Um, you know, I was very impressed with everybody, especially the offensive tackles in pass protection and run blocking. But, you know, it, it's a question mark because of the volatility. I mean, uh, you know, at one at some points they look really good. At some points they look really bad. And so, you know, I, I think it may look really good as we get, you know, down the season and they maybe play less talented fronts. Um, and, but in the AFC playoffs, you're going to see the Bills. You're going to see the Chargers who they struggled against this year. 
Although the Niners are going to be as good as anyone too defensive line wise. So that's where it's like, man, you know, this Jekyll and Hyde stuff stags, it's driving me crazy. What do you feel about the offensive line? Yeah. Hopefully this is a performance they can build on for the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. There's been, there've been some struggles. There've been some bad matchups that, that frankly were exploited uh, to the point where there should have been some adjustments on the offensive side of the ball uh, to help protect those tackles, for example, in the Bills game and, and other games like that. So, but but you hope that you know they're getting healthier, they're feeling better uh, about the way that they can play together. I think Orlando Brown Jr., for example, had probably his best game of the season this week. And yeah, oh yeah, he, he had a nagging injury earlier in the year that maybe was slowing him down just a, a little bit, which made him even more susceptible susceptible to uh, speed rushes. So. If he's feeling better and the whole group is playing with more confidence and also they're getting back to what they do best, sooner or later the coaching staff has to see what everybody else sees, that this is a power-running mm-hmm. offensive line that can also be dominant on screens. So if you can establish the those you know inside power runs, some of the duo stuff, some of the things that we've talked about that, that they're – really proficient at and they're really built for that's how you get an offensive line going they get excited they get into the game you know when they're when they're able to go out and maul somebody uh you saw some of that this week you saw the screen game work you saw everybody kind of working in concert so certainly trending upwards but you know offensive line is all about consistency you can you can have one game where they had 50 snaps of, of near perfect blocking and and five snaps where uh, you know they were absolutely destroyed, and it's going to be a terrible performance for the offensive line. So they've got to do it over a period of time. They've got to continue to grow there. Uh, we'll see if they end up making any changes as the season goes on, but at least they're going into the bye week on a high with this group. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, and, and confidence, again, is important with an offensive line, I, I think, especially. I think when you're locked in, when you're feeling good about yourself, I think you play better. And and I do think, real quick, before we move on, is just I, I do think Mahomes is pocket presence can also I feel like when he's more locked in as a as a manager of the pocket you know really helps them too it really hides maybe some of their deficiencies and so when all of them kind of work together and are all locked in together I think it looks at its best and that's what you saw against San Francisco especially after the interception and it's one of those things where you know I think Mahomes maybe when he when those mistakes happen I think he uh it, it took it puts him in a, another level of focus and all of a sudden you know he's locked in for the rest of the game but defensive side of the ball stags, I'm looking at the defensive line. I got to go question mark here too. You don't want to have question marks on the trenches, both sides of the ball. But uh, I don't know. What do you, what would you say on the defensive line? On the defensive line, yeah. I mean, it's again consistency is going to be the thing. If right. all you did was look at the 49ers game, you would say this is an exclamation point. This defensive line was was good borderline great at times against a, you know, a good 49ers offense that was going to be a big challenge for them. There have been other games where they've been non-existent from a pass rush standpoint. Uh, you're starting to see, you know, maybe Frank Clark is moving better than he has in, in recent games. Uh, I thought he was, he looked fast uh, against the, the Niners and, and that sack in the end zone was just textbook pass rush. That's how you, that's how you do it. That's teaching tape, right. From a, Oh, yeah. how to be the left tackle with a speed rush. So, you know, if that's the case and you've got – Chris Jones is playing at a, at a very, very high level this year. I don't know if it's a, 
uh, defensive player of the year type level, but it's he's on pace for double digit sacks. Um, a lot of those coming from the outside as they mix things up on stunts and they're really getting after it. Uh, he's been phenomenal this year. So those top two guys, you know, Jones has been up all year. Clark really up and down, uh, uh, you know, again, finishing the, the first half of the season here on a, on an up note. Karloftis, I think is still a question mark. You know, he's been solid, but his impact plays haven't yet been there a lot this week. You're right. He had a, a hit on the quarterback that helped force the interception and a, and a batted pass as well to go along with it. So, so those are, those are positive signs in the right direction, but until, until we've seen it on a consistent basis, uh, or at least on two or three games strung together, I'm going to leave it as a question mark. Yeah, it's and it's a question mark for me too because I, you know, I I do think there's times and and it teeters on a exclamation point a little bit to me um, because I do think in situations I think the defensive line has played really well and I think Spags has helped them. Um, you know, on on third downs they really get into these unique packages. They've really started to mix it up a lot more this year um, with with just three three down linemen and. Even in this game, you actually saw Frank Clark kind of floating around as an off-ball rusher um, in, in between the you, tackles. You saw him covering a guy heading towards the end zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah luckily no. They, luckily, that pass was not uh, uh, on target. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I know. And, and and that's the thing. I think it does help. I think it has helped the defensive line produce maybe over than, you know, better than maybe, uh, you know, what their, uh, you know, talent has maybe, uh, you know, played uh, to that point this year. Because when you see them in just their standard – first or second down passing passing down work where they're not doing the unique stuff. It really doesn't work. So that's why it's a question mark. And, and that's why, you know, I, I, I still am going to be skeptical of it as, as the season goes along. But now you, you, know, s- you saw the rumors this week that the Chiefs were looking for defensive line help in the trade market. Yeah. Uh, and allegedly they were in at least to some, at least a phone call on Brian Burns, uh, who, who's a stud pass rusher uh, out, of, out of Carolina this could still be a room that they add to. You hope that they don't see the performance against the 49ers and say, oh, they're good enough. We don't have to, we don't have oh, to worry yeah. about it. You'd still like to see them continue to get better at this position, even if it takes a big, splashy, overpay type move, because you can see this defense is predicated upon pressure, like most defenses are, but this one probably more than most. And when this offense is firing – and they get out to a lead, like we talked about earlier, and you can unleash your, your pass rushers, you want this team to be able to close, to be able to finish plays and, and terrorize opposing quarterbacks and put these games out of reach. Um, they still may or may not have enough talent to do that uh, on a consistent basis. So it, we could still see an addition to this group. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Veach is always going to be working the phones by week, especially. So we'll, we'll watch for that, Chiefs fans. But looking at the linebacker stags, I, I, I think this was this one's maybe a, a toss up. Um, I, I had a this one was maybe one of the tougher ones. And right now, just with with, uh, you know, what we know about, uh, you know, Willie Gay back now, seeing him for the first time back in a little bit. You know, I I got to give it a question mark because we we haven't seen the run defense play very well these last few games. I'm really not sure. Ex- I mean, it's, it's going against the base defense, which is when there's three linebackers on the field. That's when you think the run defense should be at its best. We talked about how the strengths of this team, even to rookie Leo Chanel, is the run defense. And they've, they've been gashed quite a bit. I mean, you know, it's, the Niners really had a good chance to, to keep gashing them if the Chiefs offense didn't, you know, secure a lead, you know, so quickly, uh, you know, once that game got going. So I, I got to give it a question mark for now, but I, I do think it's it's quickly and, and easily turned to an exclamation point. The more Willie comes back, the more the season just goes along. I mean, you know, I, I think the pass defense is maybe at the linebacker position a little better than what the run defense has been lately, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give them an exclamation point for this one, uh, mostly on the, on the strength of the top two players of the position. With Willie Gay in the fold and Nick Bolton, uh, you've got a duo there that can they can do a lot. And and we've talked about them eventually being considered some of the NFL elites at their position or one of the best tandems in the league. This week, you, you saw the contributions from both. Uh, Bolton has the nine tackles he gets every single game. Uh, okay. One tackle for loss, a quarterback hit. Willie Gay came back with eight tackles, half a sack. Um, these are guys that do make impact plays. 
yeah, are there some plays where they, you would like to see them do more? Um, are there, you know, some, some, th- some plays where they're either not as aggressive as they should be in the gap or they're not in the right gap? Maybe. But on the strength of those two players and the potential that they have going forward, uh, I'm going to go ahead and keep them as an exclamation point for now. But with that note that you mentioned that the third linebacker is where it really starts to be, be questionable. You know, you've got Darius Harris, who's been pretty good, you know, filling in. Uh, he's a good third guy, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo Chanel is still a big question mark for me. I'm not sure that we've seen out of him yet what we had hoped to see or what we think he can be. Uh, is just not quite there yet. Uh, they'll continue to work him in. I mean, this is the time of year, and this is a point I wanted to make earlier, where you'll hear NFL coaches talk about how the rookies aren't rookies anymore. After, <laughs> after a yeah. certain number of games in the season right. – all right, you're a veteran now. And, and this is that point. This is the, the bye week comes right at that point. So after the bye, yeah, technically they're still rookies, but you're going to see, start to see more peak contribution and more uh, reliance upon some of these rookies going forward. I'm not sure that Shamal has, has shown that he's ready for that in the same way uh, that some of the other guys have, uh, which we'll get to in our next position group. Right. And real quick before we move on, I just, you know, with, with the linebackers, I think the way they can flip it to an exclamation point for me is to be better on those early downs and give them the chance to get to those third downs more often where they are at their best. I think Willie and Nick Bolton, both are just playmakers in space. They've proven that in their young careers so far. And so I think getting those, to, getting to more third downs, you know, I think Nick Bolton, you know, he's when he gets those tackle for losses, that really sets the offense behind the six and you have two passing downs to make plays. So, Doing that more often than they've done the last three games is where it'll be an exclamation point for me. Quickly flipped. But the cornerbacks, I'm, I'm keeping an exclamation point because when you think about what they've done, you know, so far with the rookies they've had, um, you know, like two day three rookie cornerbacks pretty much playing the majority of snaps through the past two, two weeks. And the performances they've put together, I don't know how – I mean, I, I get maybe in some remarks the position itself, it, you have questions around what it's going to look like, but – just the way they've stepped up and, and really, you know, done the most of the, what they, with the abilities they can, the opportunity they can, man, I, I got to give them an exclamation point stacks. Hey, I'm, I'm going to go against the grain. I'm, I think there are, there's still plenty of questions with these guys. They're still very young. Uh, you saw Jalen Watson this week, almost make some plays against Kittle um, where I don't really blame him for that. Sometimes you, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Uh, you have Joshua Williams certainly made some plays this week. Uh, last week, there's several that he would have liked to head back. Um, and so Rashad Fenton's had a pretty poor season overall, and he'll be back healthy again soon. I think if and when McDuffie is back and playing like he did in that very limited action in week, in week one, if McDuffie is that guy, you can have my exclamation point for the rest of the season. Uh, until he's back, and showing that he is that one lockdown cover corner that you can rely on. Sneed's having a very good year doing all kinds of different stuff. Um, you know, he ha- he's, get- he's been beaten coverage, though. Uh, and so I still think there's a lot of moving pieces here. There's a couple guys underperforming. Uh, they're missing McDuffie, I think, pretty badly. So uh, it's commendable that Williams and Watson have played up to the level that they've had, and they've battled the way that they've had, and they've both had – big interceptions in the red zone. Apparently that's just kind of what you expect from rookies from now on. But I think until McDuffie's on the field, we won't see what this group truly can and should be this season. Uh, and so until then uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on the exclamation point. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I really have been impressed with, with, with day three rookies stepping up. I mean, you think, you think about Joshua Williams giving up the two touchdowns to Buffalo. I mean, they still only gave up, you know, 17 points until that last possession. And then, you, you know, you can argue that, you know, some other factors were the reason they lost that game. I mean, yeah, I, I've been impressed with, with the cornerback stepping up and, and the position that's really helped them out, though, and that really deserves an exclamation point, um, definitely more so. Probably the, the biggest strength of the defense right now individually um, to me. And maybe, you know, maybe it's, it's more Juan Thornhill than Justin Reed, but the safety position overall, I feel like, has been really good for the Chiefs this year. Um, both against the run, coming up, filling lanes. Um, it hasn't been perfect, obviously, but I think the willingness, you know, the intelligence to read plays and, and come up and at least be there. 
Um, even if there have been some missed tackles, but Juan Thornhill over the top of, of passes has been excellent this year. Just um, getting over that. He's ha- he should have had a few more interceptions than he already has. He got one this week. Um, but man, I, I really like what Thornhill's uh, shown and, and they've been part of the reason why maybe the cornerbacks have, have been able to play well is they have trust in the safeties behind them, uh, helping them out. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm as over the moon about those two guys, uh, the way they've played so far this season. As you are, I'll still give them an explanation point because I think they've been good. Um, yeah, Thornhill's been great uh, off and on. I think there were some times earlier in the season, though, where he was maybe a little bit late getting over on some of those deep passes. But uh, in recent weeks, you know, I love the way that both of these guys mix it up against the run uh, and how they're just not shy about hitting somebody. And, yeah, Thornhill deep this week was, was phenomenal. Brian Cook's starting to work his way in there. So you've seen flashes from him here and there uh, on special teams and on defense. So I, I think this position group is looking pretty good. Uh, and, and you know, you haven't seen, I don't know, Deion Bush. I don't know if you've, you've got a big hot take on Deion Bush, but uh, I think they're, the position group as a whole, I'll say, is definitely better than it was last year. Um, and they, they've been very solid. Uh, so they'll get the exclamation point for, for that alone. Yeah, no, I've been I've been really impressed with with how Justin Reed has played, you know, even even though, yeah, like I said, it hasn't been perfect. But I mean, just, you know, when you think about, you know, his willingness to come and tackle his willingness to, you know, hit, you know, we saw that Josh Jacobs play in the open field. You know, we, we've seen this year, you know, a certain safety down in New Orleans, maybe not as willing to make hits. And we saw that last year in Kansas City. And I'm just I'm, I'm really I really feel good about Reed as that strong safety closer to the box playing uh, close to the line of scrimmage in the dime, too. And then Juan over the top. I mean, I, I have been impressed with what Juan's done. So shout out him. He said he was going to have an all pro season. Don't know if it's that, quite that uh, Juan did uh, in the off season, but uh, definitely playing uh, maybe the best he has, uh, you know, in the back end uh, since he's been with the Spags defense. All right. And let's just do special teams as a whole um, question mark or exclamation point for special teams heading into the bye week. I mean, special. I mean, or a question mark for sure, right? I mean, uh, we we saw, you know, we've seen Tobe manufacture a few plays. Uh, you know, it, it was cool to see them get that false start to force the the punt instead of a field goal uh, today against the Niners. That yeah. was a cool little Tobe play. But then Sky Moore muffs the punt for the second time this season, um, and, and that's where the question marks come in. Obviously, the kicking game has been off and on, so um, definitely question marks. But I think Tobe's the right kind of coach to at least have because you, you're, if you notice, I mean. A lot of the question marks come from either injured kickers or a rookie being the punt returner. And yes, it's on toe putting him back there, but you know, it, it's also a, you know, a rookie and, and that's the biggest part of the special team so far. I think, I think I feel good. Uh, you know, I feel good. Tobel kind of right the ship, you know? Yeah. I don't know what they do about punt returner going forward. On one hand, you know, you see a rookie taking his lumps and you want to say, let's fight through it and, and continue to get better. Uh, on the other hand, you know, have, have there been a lot of punt returns where you thought, hey, he's got a chance of breaking this one or this is going to be a big play on the positive side? I don't feel like I have. So uh, in the same way with kick returns, you know, there's been a lot of these ones coming out of the end zone where you're like, why are they running it out? They're not even getting to the to the 25. Mm-hmm. Now, this week you had the one big play from, from Pacheco that, that was a, a game-changing type return, 48 yards plus a penalty tacked on at the end, set them up really, really nicely. So, you know, what do you want from your special teams is to be mistake free and to occasionally make a big play. And uh, they have not been mistake free. There've been plenty of mistakes on special teams and the big plays have been few and far between. So yeah, clear question mark, you know, it's, it's not doomsday here, but I'd sure like to see Butker uh, continue to, to get back to, to being more consistent. I'd like to see Sky Moore either off of punt returns or, you know, to, to see him learn from those reps uh, and, and get better right away. Uh, from a coverage standpoint, I think they're, they've been uh, improving over recent weeks. I really like to see, as much as I wasn't excited about the signing, I was really happy to see uh, how Marcus Kemp is playing on as a gunner once again. Uh, I, I've seen Brian Cook making some plays in, in special teams coverage. Uh, so the coverage teams, I think, have been fine. Uh, with with Lamons and Kemp and and uh, uh, you know Cook, you've got a handful of guys that are they're really really good special teams players from a coverage standpoint. So just a little bit more consistency from the return game, from the kicking game, uh, and, and they'll be fine. But yeah, question mark until then. 
Well, let's move on real quick. Uh, just had one big question that I thought we could answer, and then we'll start looking forward. So is this the ceiling of the Chiefs? Is this, is this the best version of the Kansas City Chiefs that you can expect to see this season, or is there more? I don't believe it is their ceiling performance. I think it's, it's damn close. I, I, I do think so. I think the pass offense, it might be, if you look at just that individual aspect of the team. But, no, I, I do think the run game can contribute still more. I think the, the, the play calling could, could still, you know, you know, be more weaponizing of the offensive line and of their weapons. Um, and I do think the defense, you know, when you get – we talk about the, health, you know, the cornerbacks getting healthier, getting Willie, Bay, Willie Gay back in the, in the groove – maybe adding a pass rusher. So I, I definitely don't think it's the ceiling. It's pretty close, but th- this team can, can reach higher levels, and that's why they're thick, you know, uh, you know, set in the, in the race uh, for Super Bowl contenders along with really like two other teams, it feels like right now. But they are one of the true Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, it's hard to say that this game was the ceiling when they started off as badly as they did. Uh, <laughs> right. Know, if they played like they did once they were down 10 to nothing – if that was the entire game from there forward, all right. Right. It's pretty close from the offensive side of the ball. I, I do think the defense still has some upside there, and, and especially as they get healthier um, and maybe make some additions uh, after the bye, uh, then then you might see some improvements there. But this offense was humming against the 49ers, and it was exactly the way we hoped it would be. Uh, you're right. It's pretty close to that ceiling. Speaking of reinforcements, do you see any big changes or, or big reinforcements coming after the bye that are that is going to make make or break this team? Make or break is probably not you know tr- the right word because um, you know I mentioned the corners like you know they played pretty well. I mean McDuffie's probably a little higher level of talent, but you know uh, I I don't see like it being this astronomically better performance just because he's in. He's still a rookie too. Um. I do think Lucas Niang getting maybe just involved could help the run game. I think that might be one reason why we don't see this, the same power run game that uh, maybe they could do because Niang is just, I think Wiley played well this week, but he's still not that powerful, powerful dude that can just knock guys out of the way as much as Niang can. So I think that's probably the, the biggest way they could uh, get some reinforcements and that make a difference. But for the most part, I, you know, this team actually is, is, is pretty well put together at this, at this point. Um, but I am excited to see, you know, everyone get back and, and get 100%. Yeah, Lucas Ying is one that I, I have been hanging on to some hope for, and I don't know if everybody else has or not. I know I've, you see some on Twitter, especially when Wiley's had bad weeks, you thought, hey, mm-hmm. is this Niang time? Um, Andy Reid didn't sound super optimistic about how soon he was going to be back. Right. So I'm not holding my breath for that change. Even if he's back and healthy, he's certainly not going to be handed – the starting job, especially after a day like uh, they had against the 49ers. So I'm not sure that he's going to be a big change. Blake Bell, as I mentioned earlier, coming back is going to be an interesting one just because that's a crowded room now. And I can't imagine at this point that they'd be willing to give up on Gray or Fortson Mm -hmm. in order to put, put Bell back in the mix. So I'm really curious to see how they manage the roster numbers when he's back and healthy. Because it's going to be that's a tough decision there in that room. Yeah, I agree. But also looking ahead, Stags, you know, because you talk, I talk about this team maybe being pretty well put together. Well, you know, they're coming off the bye week. They're going to go down the stretch. You know, it's it's an important time. You got to win as many games as possible to try to get a chance at the one seed. I hope Bills slip up a couple times, and obviously you got to win the the division as well, which is looking pretty good with the rest of the AFC West. I mean, the Chargers getting blown out by Seattle yesterday. But, man, you look at the rest of the schedule. So three of the next four at home, Titans, Jags, and Rams are those home games. None of those teams have been, you know, anything special this year. You know, the Rams have really dropped off. I mean, they still have the talent, obviously, to scare you. But between that, you have the Chargers on the road, who I just mentioned, you know, not looking great. Um, you you kind of have their, their, their number to an extent. And then you got three road games, but they're at Bengals, at Denver, and at Houston. So Bengals will be a good game, obviously. You know, that's some revenge factor for the Chiefs. Um, but I mean, Denver and Houston and then Seattle and Denver to, to end the season or excuse me. And then the Raiders to end the season too. But I don't know. You got some AFC West matchups, but outside of those, which the chiefs have owned the AFC West, you don't have, you know, a ton of like, you know, I know that I mentioned the Bengals, but 
they have a chance to really run the table if they put their, you know, put the numbers, you know, and, and put the numbers together and really play well the whole rest of the season. So I know we, it's kind of been a struggle for them to do that, uh, obviously putting together week by week the best effort. But, man, they, they do have an opportunity to really, you know, go on a run here and, and go on Andy Reid's, you know, he, he does it every year, that five, six game win streak, you know, and, and even more sometimes. So I'm, I'm excited to see the second half of the season. If we go back to Todd Haley's quarters, right, the, they were three and one in the first four games. They're now two and one in the next uh, on the next three. So with the Titans coming into town, you feel like they'll they should have a pretty good chance to beat the Titans and the Jaguars, and and get to those the first two quarters of the season, the first half of the season in really really good shape. That stretch after that is the only part of the season I'm really worried about from a schedule standpoint. At the Chargers, at home against the Rams, and at the Bengals, those three games you've got three perceived at least Super Bowl contenders that you're going to have to, to, to do business with here. And so the, the Chargers and the Rams obviously have been disappointing in the Bengals too at times, but the Bengals showed this week at any given time, yeah. any one of those three teams can go off in a way that's very difficult uh, for the Chiefs to keep up with. The Chargers are a tough matchup for Kansas City with their big receivers. Uh, the Rams are just loaded with talent like they always are even if they're underperforming a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, the Bengals was a real thorn in the side of the Chiefs last season. So you're right. I see the Bengals game as the, the biggest revenge game of the season. I oh, think yeah. they'll be up for that one. And they do a pretty good job of getting up for the division games. Uh, but you could theoretically see a letdown against the Rams, against the even the Titans or the Jaguars. So they can't yeah. really take their foot off the gas. But – the season certainly schedule looks a little bit lighter than what it once did. Yeah. And, and, and the last point I'll make is, 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 you know, you're right. There are tough teams, but I do think, you know, and Denver's had a really good defense this year. So they're the best defense and the Bengals have a playmaking defense. The Rams have defensive playmakers. So maybe I'm talking myself out of my point, but I see some defenses that can get exploited. And, and so maybe I'm telling you that Mahomes is going to go on a hot streak, build off this performance and, and win that MVP title back from Josh Allen, who's kind of holding that favorite. Cause I, I really could see, you know, with the offense gelling at this point, you know, adjustments made at the bye week to regroup. I could see the offense really going on a tear against some of these defenses that they got to end the schedule. So I'm excited about that. Well, that's, that's my point though, is you've <laughs> seen what this offense can do against great defenses, right? So, the defense they go up against doesn't really matter as far as I'm concerned. Right. It may I even it may even be worse win. for it may even be worse for them to face lesser defenses. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I'm looking at the schedule saying what offenses are there that can give the Chiefs problems. We've yeah. seen that the Bengals offense can give the Chiefs problems. We can see, we've seen the Chargers offense can. Yeah. The rest of the offenses on the schedule though look pretty weak. So yeah. if the Chiefs perform at or near expectation on the offensive side of the football, they're going to win the vast majority of the games left on their schedule. And this is going to be another Super Bowl contender. Uh, your Kansas City Chiefs, it is an exciting time to be a Chiefs fan. What better way to go into the bye than relatively healthy with uh, a dominant victory over a very good football team to get to 5-2. and two. We'll be back with you next week during the bye to take another look ahead and to take more of your questions today. This was a little bit of an impromptu recording, so we didn't have time for your Twitter questions yet. But go ahead and put those in. We'll, we'll save them up for next week. There'll be plenty to talk about even during the bye. But thanks for spending some of your time with us today on the Out of Structure podcast. Make sure you rate, review the Arrowhead Pride podcast network in its entirety and check out all of our written work on arrowheadpride.com. So, Ron, thanks for putting this uh, quick pod together. Uh, this was a fun Chiefs game and a, and a good time, and I look forward to talking to you all next week. Yes, sir. Go Chiefs, guys.